Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. We have another great edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast for you. We're going to talk with Ty Majeski as he gets ready to go down to Daytona here starting out. It's Daytona 500 week, looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to recap the clash and talk about a few other things as well. Uh, Mark, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Welcome to episode number 67 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. Mark, when I think of the number 67, it's not too popular, but we got a few names here. How about Randy Yeager? He raced a late model in number 67 at WIR a few years ago. Still see him every Thursday out there with him working uh, security and other things around there. Uh, I believe Shane the Shark Becker, the figure eight driver, he was 20 at one point, but there is a 67 figure eight car down there. Maybe it's not Shane the Shark, but it looks very similar to that car. Uh, Buddy Arrington has 481 races, I believe, at the NASCAR level. So he has the most uh, there. David Piercing has a few races in the 67. And how about... You remember way back when we started this and there was a name Speedy Thompson and we said that name would be hard to beat? How about this one? Pee Wee Elwanger. Pee Wee Elwanger? Yeah, that's a heck of a name. Made the 67 famous, huh? (laughs) Hmm. Famous as you are. Did he win any races? Or was he a field for him? It was just a few races. Yeah. Yeah, 67. How about Nick Knowlton, track champion down from the Dells? And yep. um, hey, Travis Pastrana, who's running this, uh, going to run the uh, 500 coming up. And for your old timers, remember Dennis Dietzen on the quarter mile? There was a few years out there that he was yep. untouchable in that orange, orange 67 car. Yep, remember him. That's about it. 67s, man. It kind of dried up from 66. We had so many of those. It's little bit of a uncommon number but there's a little bit out there yeah i know i'll say this later in the podcast too but uh when we get into looking forward to daytona and all the changes and and stuff like that but travis pastrana man um super cool guy uh got to see him at the eva destruction announced with him and uh magical a little bit uh super fun so 67 he'll be in that 2311 right so uh, pretty cool. Yeah, not super popular, but there's some uh, good names on there still. Yeah, so Travis Pastrana, yeah, ain't that something how all of a sudden he threw his hat in the ring and, you know, and hey, 2311 has got some good equipment, man, and, you know, the driver, all he's got to do is just stand on it. So, hey, let's see what happens, man. I'll cheer him on. Absolutely. I'm hoping to have Travis on at some point. Uh, I got to reach out to Magical and see – if we can get them both on and maybe have Travis talk about his experience at Daytona. So uh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be all right, man. So, 
Make it happen, Lauren. Yeah, got to make it happen. Well, let's go to the hotline right away and bring in Ty Majeski. Ty, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, good. Doing well. How are you guys doing? Hi, Ty. What you doing? What you been up to, man? Keeping yourself busy this winter. Uh, always keeping busy. It's been a nice, uh, relaxing off season. Um, I got fired from my engineering position at Thor Sports, so I guess I'm have a, an off season like a real driver now. So uh, it's been, been uh, it's been good. Spent some time in Wisconsin and uh, about ready to get back after it here in uh, I guess a week from week from yesterday. So I'm excited for it. How uh, how do you feel about not uh, having the engineering role anymore? Um, I'll still be. I, I guess the the biggest way to describe it is I'll be able to um, be at Thor Sport um, when need be and be able to go there and focus on uh, my team and my truck versus having to um, scan parts or um, oversee everybody's truck. So. Uh, I'll be be able to be a little bit more focused on on my team and and uh, what 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 we need to do to be successful. So I think um, I'll still be there in the capacity I need to be to uh, make sure our team runs as good or if not better than it did last year. That's the goal is to um, you know not really change much from last season. We have um, almost the exact same team. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to uh, hopefully picking up where we left off. Uh, 2022 obviously it was a really good ending for us, and um, like I said, if we can pick up where we left off, we should uh, we should be a contender all season. Hey, let's uh, recap the end of your season there. You know, uh, we didn't talk to you the last few weeks, unfortunately. Um, you went to Talladega, mixed it up a little bit, but it looked more like trying to avoid uh, crashes and just keep the the truck in one piece there with you being advanced to the final already. Yeah, uh, we definitely didn't have to take a very aggressive approach to it. Um, even though we were trying, you know, we we never at the same time we didn't really have anything to lose. So um, honestly, super speedway racing is not something I'm comfortable with at all. Um, that's definitely um, my weak spot when it comes to uh, the truck series. I just I don't have any experience, and I'm not very comfortable with it. So. Um, it's really been a focus of mine during this off season, uh, working with my spotter, Brandon lines and, and working with, uh, Burbage and, and how we can help each other. And, and we, we just, we need to be aggressive, right? If it ends up with us getting destroyed, it ends up getting, you know, we end up getting destroyed, but I, we've, I've got to be more aggressive and, you know, as a, we have to be more aggressive as a team. Um, as far as my spotter and I making those split second decisions, um, we just have to be the aggressor, not the aggressive. So um, we're kind of kind of going in with that mindset, going to try and learn as much as we can. Um, you know, Daytona is important, but um, I definitely need to, to get better for Talladega in the playoffs. We can't count on winning Bristol each and every season, although it would be nice. Uh, Miami Homestead was next after that. Congratulations on your second win. Uh, you know, Mark and I were at Halloween, and a lot of people were surprised because of how you typically have to drive that track at the top. Um, I had mentioned it prior to the race that you and I had talked about having some experience there. And with the truck, it seems like that the top line isn't necessarily the most important. You can move around, use that. It looked like you were doing that. So I don't think people should have been that surprised. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think 
I don't think you ever see the trucks actually get to the wall. Um, the reason is, is because of the way the, the sides of the, I guess the sides of the trucks are construction are constructed. They're not straight, right? So you have your, your furthest point out is your quarter panel. Okay. And when, and that quarter panel, it's almost like a, like a wing on the right rear of the truck. And when you get it close to the wall, it actually stalls it out and you, you aren't able to get, I guess, the front of your truck close enough to the wall. Um, otherwise it'll stall the air out off of that quarter panel. So as we get close to the wall, we actually lose some of that downforce or air proximity off the wall in the truck. So, um, Riding the wall is not something that I have a lot of experience with, and if it came down to that, I, I probably wouldn't have been as good at it. Um, so uh, just the way that the trucks are there and the way they run there, our truck was just so dominant on the bottom in one and two, and then actually running the, the top seam. So about a half a car was off the wall in three and four. And I just found a groove that worked for me, and um, obviously the truck was, was lights out. Um, you know, we kind of – Took a little bit of a different setup there, uh, went a little bit more aggressive, and, uh, and it paid off. Yeah, and then came Phoenix do it. Now that it's been a couple months uh, in the rearview mirror, what are your thoughts about Phoenix and how your season ended? And and let us know, you know, tell us uh, how you felt through the winter about that. Yeah, I think mixed emotions. Um, you know, part of me felt like, I, you know, I – I don't want to say I didn't think we could get there because I believe in the right opportunity that I could, but I, but it also, I think was a surprise to everybody that, um, I don't know that anybody would have picked us to be in the final four battling for a championship when the season started. Um, you know, and as the season progressed, um, in my mind and in our team's mind, that, that became more and more of a reality as we started running good and running consistent at all these different racetracks. And, uh, we became the, you know, we got excited about the opportunity that we had in front of us. And, um, you know, I obviously replay um, that race in my head. Um, and, and and maybe a lot of people think I'm regretting the move with Zane, but really the, the move that probably gave the championship away was um, down the back stretch into turn three. I had a run on Ben, which would have been, um, for the championship at the time, that was before the 38 got around me, and he threw a pretty big block on me into three, and I had a split-second decision on whether it was to move him or, or back out of it. Um, I decided to back out of it, and I felt like that's what gave Thor Sport the best shot at winning a championship. Um, it, ruined, it ruined my run. The 38 got by me, and then I, you know, I, I had a desperation shot. I tried to get under the 38 and move them, which would have, one, allowed the 99 to get away. And uh, my plan was obviously to pass the 38, and I felt like I could have ran down Ben because he was on two tires at the time. Um, I, I should have been a little bit more aggressive with the 38. I, I didn't move him up the racetrack enough, and it stalled the air off my right side, and I eventually spun out. So I was going for it at the end. If I had to do it over, I probably would have tried to move Ben out of the way when he threw the block on me. Um, but I, I did not, what I didn't want to happen was to take both Thor sport trucks out and, and ruin both of our chances. Cause that would have been, um, that would, have, that would not have been good. So I, I tried to give us the best shot of winning the championship, uh, Thor sport that is, and obviously didn't pan out exactly how I planned. So, 
Uh, a lot of regrets, but also, you know, very proud of what we accomplished as a race team throughout the 2022 season. Have you had team meetings after Phoenix, uh, maybe even including Ben and, and the teams to go over or recap what happened there and what to do for next time? No, we don't We don't have team meetings at Thor Sport. Um, I think historically Thor Sport drivers probably race themselves harder than they do anybody else. It's just kind of the way it's been there. Um, so we don't, we don't have team orders. We don't have team meetings. Um, but at the end of the day, we – you know, we, we try and help each other when we can, but you know, I don't blame Ben for throwing the block on me. It was an aggressive block, and I had a decision to make. I probably should have moved him, but I didn't. Um, so, again, nothing Ben did wrong. He was being aggressive. I mean, you're talking under five to go with the top four battling for a championship. To me, the, the gloves are off, and I, I probably should have taken that same approach to him at the end of the race. I feel like colleague racing in the Xfinity series is very similar to Thor sport there where you're racing in each other up the front a lot and it can get aggressive a lot. So I appreciate that, that answer there. Hey, uh, Daytona coming up here in a, in a few days. Last time you were there last year, sat on the pole, uh, led a bunch early, ultimately finished seventh. So a pretty good day to start the season last year. Yeah, that was a great, great start to our season sitting on the pole. You know, obviously that, it doesn't do much for you as a driver, right? doesn't say much, um, but it's a huge testament to all the work back done and the body shop and, and Joe and, and Tyler and the whole team massaging on that truck. It's, it's the little details um, that cause you to sit on the pole like that. So it's a huge, a huge testament to the, to the race team when you can sit on the pole on a super speedway um, race. So that was really cool to, um, to kick off the season on the pole, that, that truck is now set on the pole uh, two straight seasons uh, with Johnny and, and, and then me last year. So hopefully we can we can make it three and um, get some good stage points and, and hopefully stay up front all night and battle for a win. Hey, now that you're coming from the dark side and coming over to the Ford camp, uh, you know, I'm all for that. Lauren's laughing about that. But hey, man, you're in a Ford again. I'd love to see that. I uh, heard or seen any changes uh, with something that with that? Yeah, there's uh, you know, there's not too many changes to the trucks. Um, they are there are some aero differences between the Toyota nose and the Ford nose. Um, but the only thing we really do to switch over from a Ford to Toyota um, is just the noses and the tails. So that's as far as hard hard fab, you know, uh, like the trucks themselves. That's the only thing that changes. Um, are the noses and the tails, obviously, from a technology standpoint, the way we go about sim, uh, the simulator, scanning parts, all that has to get redone um, in different file formats uh, to uh, get it to, to, I guess, talk to the Ford software, uh, putting it in simple terms. So uh, a lot of work being done on the simulation and on the technology side, um, definitely um, I don't want to say it's an uphill battle, but there's just a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, we have four, five teams at, at Thor Sports, so all those parts, all those trucks need to get rescanned. And um, so it's just it's a little bit of a process to um, get it up and running. So um, I think it'll be great once we do get it rolling, but it'll be um, probably a little bit here, you know, maybe two or three races before we truly get. Uh, sim up and running the way we want it to and, and being able to utilize it uh, the way we should. So um, 
but we have a great notebook to lean back on from last season. Um, you know, me and Joe being in all these places uh, once before together, have a great notebook going back to most of these racetracks and know what we need to do to, to be better. So um, obviously we want to have Sim as a tool. We're going to get it up as, and running as, as soon as possible, but you know, we're going to have to lean on um, our last year's notes for, for the time being. So when I uh, saw the news about going to Ford, I knew the body was really the only thing that was going to change due to uh, having the Ilmore engine and things like that. My thought process was, and, and you can answer this, obviously, um, is the relationships. You had a great relationship with Toyota, a very successful season. Now switching to Ford, how do you build that relationship? Do you have any of the relationships in the past still with being a Ford driver? Um, talk to us a little bit about building relationships and changes in that aspect. Yes, there's a, a lot of similarities um, from when I was with Ford with Roush in, in 18 or 17, 18 and 19. Uh, a lot of the same people in charge there. Um, so I know a lot of them. Um, there's definitely pros and cons to each manufacturer, right? I think um, from the top down, each manufacturer um, focuses on different parts of of racing and, and, and the, as the program as a whole. So uh, there's pros and cons to each of them, and we just have to um, take the strengths of Ford and and optimize them and, and, and take maybe the, the places uh, where they work a little bit differently, differently than Toyota and, and try and make those areas stronger. So it's, it's just fascinating to me. I, I've been able to be – I've been with all three manufacturers now, and it's, uh, it's just so fascinating how – uh, how different they look at different areas and, and, uh, and how they, I guess, go about being successful. Because each manufacturer is successful. Um, it's just uh, they, they all take different ways of getting there. So uh, excited to be back with Ford. Um, obviously, you know, love Toyota and the people there, but I've, I've always been a Ford guy. They're the ones that, um, you know, really that boy. <laughs> and sort of saved me in, in 2019 when I was uh, let go from Roush. Uh, they gave me a job to work as a simulator driver and a backup wheel force uh, car driver. So I uh, learned a lot that season. Uh, they took good care of me when, when, when things went sideways. So really happy to be back with them. And um, like I said, I've always been a little bit biased to Ford, uh, no matter where my career takes me. <laughs> what, uh, what are you looking forward to this year? You know, the schedule had some minor but some good changes. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I think the, the – playoff schedule again really fits um our wheelhouse richmond is the last regular season race then we go to irp um milwaukee and kansas um so that that first round of the playoffs is looking really good for us second round and then of course phoenix are the same as last season so i uh, really like how the schedule is shaping up um i think it, it plays into my strengths you know we need to our, our our biggest focus this season is is to collect stage points we uh, really didn't hit our stride um, until I would say mid-season. We started, you know, almost consistently leading laps. Then we were winning, winning stages. Um, so I think we need to uh, just, you know, like I said before, pick up where we left off, get some stage wins early. Hopefully, pick off a win in the first five races, uh, so we can really focus on getting playoff points. Um, you get five playoff points for a win, one playoff point for a stage win. So we can short, sort of shift our focus from um, maximizing points to then maximizing playoff points, 
which are race wins and stage wins. So the sooner we can shift our focus to that, I think the better off we'll be in, in collecting those playoff points. So um, we just have to, like I said, pick up where we left off and we'll be just fine. I was looking at the schedule just the other day again and didn't realize that Milwaukee was a playoff race. Mark and I talked a little bit about that. We talked last year about having Milwaukee on the schedule was great. So it being a playoff race, I am even more pumped about that than I was before. Yeah, we should we should have a really good chance there. Um, I know there's going to be a, a manufacturer test there at some point. Uh, not sure if Thor Sports going to get to do it or not, but um, just really excited to, to get to Milwaukee, have a, I guess, a true home home race. I guess I, I had a home race back at Roush. I did Road America, but uh, just to have – uh, have it be at a place I've won at before and have it be an oval, uh, which is obviously and a short track, which is more my wheelhouse. So trying to have a home race in Wisconsin and Milwaukee. Um, going to be really cool to have a lot of friends, family, sponsors, uh, people who supported me in the late model uh, for so many years, be able to, uh, to hopefully have a piece of, you know, them helping me get to this point and hopefully I can get them some garage passes and, and get, get to experience the, the NASCAR side of things. So just excited to, to be able to do that in front of the hometown fans, family. Hey, speaking about the late model, let's go that way. Um, any news about the, uh, the new uh, stars tour with the ASA series? Uh, are you going to be involved in, it in any way in that uh, series? Yeah, we're going to try to be, um, you know, we're not exactly sure uh, what we're doing yet from a scheduling standpoint, but, uh, we're going to try and get down to Pensacola in March. No, no guarantees on that yet, but we're uh, working through the details and we're going to, you know, maybe try and start off running uh, the stars tour and uh, I guess go through the Midwest swing, I'll call it. So um, try and run all of them through Kakana in August and then make the decision on the last three is our tentative plan. Again, nothing set in stone. That's kind of what we're looking at doing. And then we'll sprinkle in some, uh, Midwest tour races. Um, obviously we're going to, you know, try and do, uh, the, uh, Labor Day race at, at the Dallas and some of the bigger tour shows. Um, but nothing set in stone yet. Like I said, uh, just working through the details and getting money put together and, uh, people put together to, to do, uh, to do what we want to do. What are your thoughts on the national tour? I know it's, uh, a lot of people have been talking about rules coming together and all of that. Uh, I am excited to see how the national tour does, just like ASA back in the day. Uh, but what are your thoughts on, on the national tour and where the rules uh, sit as of now? Yeah, I, I, I like I like what the national tour has done. Um, there's just there's a discrepancy in Midwest tour rules uh, versus Stars tour rules, obviously. Uh, the carburetor is different. Two barrel up here. Stars Tour is a four barrel. Um, Stars Tour will be on a different tire. So uh, it sounds like they're going to be on the F45, the F50 when they come up here. Um, so that local tire that we've been, we've had at Kakan and the Midwest Tour for years will likely change when the Stars Tour comes up here. I wish they would just, just make one tire and be done with it. You know, guys. Local guys that we always see at the Dixieland may not run now because they've got to buy uh, probably a set of practice tires. If you're going to do it right, two sets of practice tires plus six race tires. So that's, um, you know, you're talking three sets plus a half set. So you're 
you know, you're talking 14 tires, uh, you know, uh, for a local guy to really do it right. And they can't use those tires anywhere but that race. So um, I don't know if you'll get the local, uh, the local addition to um, the Dixieland this year, if they are on a different tire and a different carburetor, I just wish they would just be the whole country need just to be on one tire compound and just be done with it. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I just wish the rules were just a little bit matched up. You know, if you're going to do it right, you need to have a Chevy Ace to run the Midwest Tour, and then you need to have a Southern Parts motor to run the Stars Tour, and um, a sealed motor to go and run Milwaukee. It's just it's all over the board with weight breaks and uh, the way they've been doing things. But you know, it's it's it takes baby steps, right? We need to create the Stars Tour, get it up on its feet, and hopefully in the future. Um, they'll work together and, and get all the rules on the same page so we can maximize these car counts everywhere we go. Um, but overall, I'm excited about it. I think it's something that's need to, needed to happen. I think they're doing it right, um, creating the Stars Tour and, and using um, existing races from each series and, and making a point system out of them. Um, I think it, you know, it uh, you get those roots in each series and. Um, you get the traveling aspect of it as well. Uh, I, I do hope they keep the schedule around that, you know, nine to 12 race mark. I think if you um, go to that 18 to 20 race mark, like they're talking about doing for uh, maybe 2024, I, I, I feel like that oversaturates it and it limits the amount of, of teams that can feasibly do that. I mean, 18 to 20 races, is just a ton of races um for a team like ours we only have one full-time guy in the shop at, at toby um guys like donnie wilson and other guys can can maybe do that sustainably um but we just would never be able to um feasibly do an 18 to 20 race schedule so hopefully they keep the the asa series down i feel like it won't oversaturate it i think that nine to 12 race mark is uh feasible for you know, guys like us, Casey Johnson, Gabe Summers, Austin Mason, that's a feasible amount of races for us to travel around the country and do, um, you know, throughout a, a four or five month span. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I hope it's successful. Uh, seems like they're, you know, the, the, the pay is, is close to being where it needs to be. Um, we're going to give it a try and, and see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it as well, but you hit on something there that's been very frustrating for me and I know uh, other fans is the rules packages not being similar enough for people to travel as much as they did back in the day. How do you think we get there? Because uh, I think you're right. This is the step in the right direction, but how do you think we continue to improve that? Because it does limit people traveling. I think, you know, Bob Sargent buying out, you know, CRA, uh, the Southern super series and the Midwest tour, having all of those series under the same umbrella, I think, I think maybe two or three years down the line, it will get there. Um, I get it's hard for them just to make all those changes in one season, just because all these teams do have money invested in, you know, what the rules packages have been in the past. So it's hard just to make that sudden switch in one season. Um, because when you, the bottom line is, is every rule you make costs the teams money almost no matter how you look at it. Because if it's a rule now or it's allowed right now, the teams already have that, whether that be shocks, right? Shocks are expensive. 
but the reality is every single team has expensive shocks now and they're using them. So if you make a rule, now we've now all that money that we spent on shocks that we've already spent are now obsolete. Now we've got to go buy shocks within new rules and well that costs us money. Right? So it it just every rule you make costs the team's money. It's just what it is. So once, you know, say the mid the Midwest gets rid of the Chevy Ace or the or the ace in general weight break. Well, now we've all got to sell all our ace motors, and we've got to go and purchase other parts motors because the reality is, is if they're the same weight, you want a other parts motor. That's no secret. Um, but right now, you get a 50 pound weight break for a Chevrolet and a 25 pound weight break for a Ford. So to run Midwest Tour races, you've got to have an ace motor. And then when the Stars Tour comes up that weight break goes away. Now you've got to run a Southern parts motor. So it's just, I get it can't happen overnight, but I think that's where we need to slowly trend. Um, like I said, I understand that it can't be a one year process. Uh, it's going to be, you know, two, three years down the line, but I feel like having Bob Sargent and all these series under one umbrella, it makes it much, much easier for us to get there. Well, man, I, I appreciate your insight so much because you're a hands-on uh, driver, so I'd ask you about that. Hey, we've uh, we've kept you long enough here. We appreciate it so much. We look forward to having you on again uh, after your races this year and talking some more. And uh, appreciate it once again, man. Have a uh, great Daytona, and we'll talk to you after. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Yep, good luck down in Daytona, buddy. Bring, bring home a win there. That'd be uh, really exciting. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good one, buddy. You too. Hey, let's switch gears now and talk about the clash that just happened a week, week and a half ago. Um, great to see racing back. Uh, how about tempers flaring in practice, Mark, especially between Chase Briscoe and AJ, and AJ got the better of that deal. In practice practice they just like wow we're already uh blowing a fuse on practice so yeah that was worth it uh didn't do too much damage to briscoe's car but uh uh aj sure showed him that he wasn't happy <laughs> and the interesting thing was uh tony was in the booth obviously being chase's car owner and he said well i think aj sent the message right there <laughs> 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 yes he did yes so, he did but that's just like crazy like practice we're, we're we're having a problem with practice so maybe the new aj is coming out this year huh aj is going to be a little bit more aggressive so we'll see how, <laughs> we'll see how that works out well and you know it's been a while since he's been full-time in the cup so is it the added pressure of being full-time in the cup now or is it just the one-off where uh, early in the season, didn't like what was going on. Who knows? But uh, interesting to say the least. This little bull ring of a racetrack can start a whole bunch of rivalries out there. So, <laughs> so pick pick your friends accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Justin Haley, how about that? The fastest qualifier there. Uh, Bush, Bell, and Byron would be on the poles for the for the uh, heat races. Excuse me. Lack of grip in qualifying, though, my goodness. Yeah, shiny brand-new track, but, uh, hey, dude, there was an outside groove, though. There, You know, for a brand-new racetrack, there was a little bit of an outside groove that worked. 
for a little bit, for a little bit. It was tough. I feel like it worked better when uh, the traffic started piling up in the race, but it came in a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's still amazing when you lay a brand new track down like that. You could at least get two grooves out of it. So uh, hats off to NASCAR on that one. Uh, Heat one, Elmo Rola would win it over Bowman, Haley, Gregson, and Logano. Those five would advance. Uh, Heat two, Truex takes it over Bush, Dylan, Larson, and Harvick. Those five advance. Lots of contact in the second heat. Yeah, I'll go back to that first one when that 54 was on fire. And uh, Gibbs was on fire seeing that black smoking. And once again, they said it was a rubber deal. But I heard something through the grapevine that said that something was mounted wrong underneath there that was collecting that rubber. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was actually in practice, so Gibbs couldn't qualify. We should have started out with that. But, yeah, the big fire on the 54, so he was going to have a lot of work to do in the heats to try to advance. Um, heat three, Hamlin wins it over Briscoe, Reddick, Blaney, and Suarez. Those five advance. Again, a lot of contact in that one as well. Heat four, a little smoother uh, like the first one. Byron, Bubba, Chastain, Priest, and Jones advance. So the rest had to go to the last chance qualifiers. All, all in all, everybody behaved themselves pretty well. Um, you know, a um, little bit of aggressive racing, but it was all under control. Boy, these cars got drive off better than last year, man. <laughs> it was very obvious of what they had this year. Yeah, I agree. A lot of teams got better, and I think that's why you saw, saw so much aggression is everyone was better this year. Well, yeah, everybody's practically running the same thing, and everybody's got the same idea. So made for good racing, I guess. I thought so. A lot of fans are disappointed, but. I thought it was good. It, it's racing, dude. Absolutely. In the last chance qualifier, McDowell, uh, Bell, and Gill in advance. Burton, Kozlowski, Ty Dillon, Busher, and Yaley were do not qualifiers uh, from that event. Last chance qualifier two, Chase Elliott wins it over Gibbs in Elmendinger. Sindrick would get the provisional, so those four advance from the LCQ2. Stenhouse, LaJoy, Ware, and McLeod are uh, do not qualifiers. Yeah, RFK, both cars didn't make it. So, um, didn't, didn't, I was watching Keselowski all day. He just didn't have speed there. I don't know. He, he couldn't figure it out. So, see what happens. I thought he was getting better as the year goes on. Um, we'll see what happens this year if they can be as stout as they were last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, the clash. Boy, like you said, a lot of aggression early and often there. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, 27 cars on there. And, you know, they were saying they catch the back of the field on lap 15, you know, so then it goes on from there. But uh, all in all, they stayed pretty, pretty close and did pretty good there for the first half. Yeah, absolutely. Then they had that uh, break there. Um, with the concert there looked like the crowd was having a good time i know it got mixed reviews i personally enjoyed it but uh looked like the crowd was having a good time yeah yeah it, it looked like a pretty good atmosphere that was going on there so looks like fun i i think they said there was fifty thousand there so no not bad not bad for a sunday night yeah not bad at all um you know hamlin would lead a bunch uh kyle bush was up front for a lot of it 
Uh, how about Austin Dillon finishing second? Martin Truex Jr. goes on and wins the race um, over Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch got spung out late by Joey Logano and had to come back through the field and use the outside for the majority of it because everyone was stacking up on the bottom. But it was impressive for that, how that was hard 80, he had to come when that late. That was 84 laps to come out last and get all the way back up there, and he had he he had a chance to win that race. It was close. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard Childress Racing goes two and three. Is Richard Childress Racing back? I don't know. Dylan always runs good on short tracks like that. Um, I'm sure Kyle Busch is going to help Dylan. I think them two are going to work together. Two-car team. Uh, yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I expect good things out of Kyle this year. Um, Dylan, uh, once again, he uh, he has a way of being inconsistent. I don't want to say Richard Childress Racing is back yet, but I think you started to see them come forward. You know, you think about how good um, Reddick was in the eight car, at least for the first half of the season there, especially um, until the playoffs, really. Uh, so they showed a lot of speed and progress. So it'll be interesting to watch with Kyle Busch going there now, how that ups the team even further and helps Dylan maybe become more consistent because you're exactly right. Inconsistency is what bites Austin Dillon. All the time, you know. So, other other ones on the top ten. How about uh, Ryan Priest running seventh with a fuel pump that was shorting out electrical? He had problems with that. Um, hey, it's already started. Chastain already took Denny out, out one one time already. So, you know, isn't that amazing? How some guys just kind of seem to always find each other. So that that's on already, you know, and. Uh, and naturally, Bubba he got he got rather dumped there at the end too, and uh, so yeah, there was some hard feelings. Like I say, this place can make rivalries real quick out of, out of some people. But uh, um, a lot of guys I saw Logano say there is absolutely no way that you could make that place into a points race. So, and I totally agree. I don't think you can do that there. Yeah, I agree as well. Um... There's talks about it happening. I don't think it'll happen. I think uh, the part of the reason you saw so many cautions, which was the, I don't want to say, eh, bad part of the race, I guess, is there was a lot of cautions, but there was even four more cars, and that's what it cost. So it's too small to, to, do, to do that. Um, it would have to be somewhere else. But, hey, you mentioned Priest. Uh, he led the most laps, unfortunately, that, Fuel pump issue had him finishing back in seventh. Bubba, he got spun late by Austin Dillon, and them two are friends, so that'll be interesting how that shakes out. But uh, Bubba led the second most laps. Priest led three more laps than him. So a good start uh, to Bubba in 23-11 there. Um, some guys that uh, now you're questioning our season picks, which we'll get into uh, off of this one event because there's some unexpected guys who had really good nights. You know, another thing that surprised me is as much as they were door door jamming each other, and it's amazing that we didn't get no cut tires. I thought, you know, with that front valence and bouncing off of the sidewalls of them tires, that nobody got a flat tire, and I was surprised by that. I hope that continues because the aggression was uh, certainly welcoming. You know, you like to see close racing, a little bumping and grinding like that, so I hope that continues. 
Yeah, for sure. But it was just like, man, there's some really hard side contact and making contact with wheels and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that held up. So uh, yeah, good deal there. Yeah, I, that that was awesome. Um, how did you feel about the event overall? Do you want them to go back to the LA Coliseum? Do you want them to try somewhere else? What are your thoughts? They could do it as an exhibition race, but as long as they don't make a points race out of it. Um, I'm, I suppose if they're happy with how much crowd that they got there, um, yeah, I could see them going back there. Just remember, it's an exhibition race. Kind of knock the rust off, you know, uh, from the winter. So I'm all for that. Yeah, they can keep it there. They have the option of the third year coming up here, so it'll be interesting to see if that gets exercised or not. I like it. I could see them going somewhere else too, though. Yeah, if you're going to keep it in California, let's go to Kern County. There's there's a nice racetrack where you can get everybody on there. And I heard people talk about Irwindale that would put on a good show too. So if they want to go down out to California, there is some places out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know capacity-wise what, what has to happen for, for that to be the case or not. But, you know, the other thing is why this is being discussed about points race or not for the clash and going back out there is auto club speedway is going ahead with that repave making a half mile so there's going to be no race there in california other than sonoma i guess in 2024 but uh so southern california is not going to have a race at all with auto club doing that so that's the reason they're bringing this up so be interesting to see when the 2024 schedule comes out what they decide yeah so Probably a road course uh, downtown L.A., just like Chicago. All these big cities, all of the, you know, we haven't even seen a race in Chicago yet, and these big cities are already clamoring to try to get a date. Um, and we haven't even seen the product yet. So who knows where it's going to go, how much success Chicago street course has to see what they want to do that way. Yeah, I'm shaking my head too there, buddy. I, um, I'm not all for that either. I at least want to see what Chicago does before talking about that. That wasn't even a thought in my mind until you brought it up. Well, you know, it's amazing how the yeah. big cities, New York and L.A., and uh, these big cities are talking about that they would like to have something like that. Um, it's sure going to make a mess in Chicago. <laughs> Fans probably, the people that live there probably ain't going to like it. It's going to be inconvenience for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. uh what that happens, but hey, let's get through 2023 first. We got a lot of stuff before Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh let's wait and see on that. Well, let's switch gears another time here and let's talk about our uh season predictions here. Um we'll start in the truck series. Do you want to go first, Mark? Yeah, I could go first here. You know, once again, I picked a solid 10 this year, you know. <laughs> I had you? I had too many last year, and uh, I even fouled up uh, off air here, and I even did it again. <laughs> Apparently, I can't count to ten. So anyway, I got ten. I got ten guys here that that I feel that are going to be in the the championship ten. Um, Chase Purdy in the Ford truck that used to be uh, Nemechek's ride. Um, that's a Kyle Busch Motorsports Chevy. I expect Chase Purdy to probably perform in that. Uh, Corey Heim. Once again, Corey Hyde, wherever he goes, he, uh, he's got talent. He, he should be able to be in there. Um, Grant Enfinger, um, also 
uh, Matty Benedetto, you know, Matty D, he's got the experience. He should be able to get a victory. Zane Smith, the uh, the champ, he'll be in there. Um, Stuart Friesen. Um, oh, I forgot Carson Hosevar also. Ty Majeski. And then you got Matt Crafton and also Ben Rhodes with the uh, Thor Motorsports. So that's my top ten. How about you, buddy? <clears throat> I have Corey Heim, uh, Tanner Gray, Christian Eckes, Grant Infinger, Matt Benedetto, last year's champion Zane Smith, Carson Hosevar, Stuart Friesen, Ty Majeski, and Ben Rhodes. It was tough, though. You know, I th even thought of, you know, Nick Sanchez, who was the ARCA champion. Uh, Purdy, you have him in there. Ancrum, Taylor Gray is going to get a waiver. Does he uh, perform well enough to, to get into the playoffs? Garcia, he'll have a waiver. Daniel Dye will be full-time. And even Crafton, you have him in there. Um, I didn't include him. Uh, it was It's tough picking this year. Yeah, all in all, it was a there's what gets you is uh, there, there's more sharing of a ride this year, especially Xfinity series, but there's a lot of that going on in the truck series too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who is your final four and champion? The final four, I'll take uh, Grant Enfinger and we'll have Zane Smith. We'll have Ty Majeski and we'll have Ben Rhodes. That's the top four that I got. I'll take the champion. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to push for it. I'm going to say Time Majeski. Amazing thing that happened once when I cheer on Time Majeski, and we're going to root him on to a championship this year. How do you like that, buddy? <laughs> well, uh, the tides have turned a little bit because last year you were unsure and actually did not include him in the playoffs at all. So he goes from not in the playoffs for you to champion. That's pretty cool, though. Well, I'm doubling up on it to make up for lost time here. So <laughs> for sure. Yep. I have uh, Corey Heim, Christian Eckes, Zane Smith, and Ty in the final four. I have Corey Heim winning the championship. I just think how well he performed in the Kyle Busch Motorsports truck last year. Um, I just could see that Toyota connection continuing for him and with Tricon Garage, and I have Corey Heim winning the championship. Yeah, that's a good pick too, so. All right, we'll, we'll look back at September and look back at this and say, what, what were you thinking? So we'll see what happens there. Right, yeah. Uh, for Xfinity, I have Cole Custer, Sam Mayer, Sheldon Creed, Justin Allgaier, Josh Berry, Brandon Jones, Daniel Hembrick, Chandler Smith, Sammy Smith, John Hunter Nemechek, Austin Hill, and Parker Klagerman. Uh, my final four will be Custer, Allgaier, Nemechek, and Hill with Custer winning the championship. Woo! Yeah, I know Custer when he was there last year and he dominated with that double zero car. So we'll see how that how that works out for that. Hey, we're pretty close to about the same kind of picks for me too there, buddy. Um, I got Cole Custer, Sam Mayer. Sheldon Creed, um, Justin Allgaier, Josh Berry, Brandon Jones, uh, Daniel Hemrick, uh, Chandler Smith, John Hunter Nemechek, Austin Hill, Parker Klingerman. There's a dark horse. You like him a lot, too. Hey, so do I. He's a wheel man. 
and uh, Riley Herbst. I put him in there because he's going to have partners with uh, with Stuart Haas with the double zero team. Them two might work together. That might be just enough to get Riley Herbst over the edge. Uh, my final four is Sheldon Creed is going to battle against the three uh, JR Motorsports, <clears throat> the seven, the eight, the nine, Allgaier, Barry, and Jones. And I'm going to take Brandon Jones. He was so close last year. If he didn't get dumped at Martinsville, it could have actually had a chance to win that. And we all know how that nine car performs. And so that's where my pick is. Brandon Jones should win the championship this year. A lot of change with that nine team. He'll have a new crew chief, new driver. Uh, but obviously he has the talent and the team is is good enough uh, to do it. So I think that's uh, some good picking by you too. I'm not so confident in this year in my picks like I was last year. Last year, you know, I had all of the Xfinity Cha uh, the champion in the final four correct. I could see myself not having any of them correct this year. It's well, you just don't know how it goes, man. There's lots of racing going on. We'll have to see how it unfolds for this year. Yeah, I even thought of Brett Moffitt, who will be full time. Ryan Sieg, he sometimes finds his way into the playoffs. Riley Herbst is always on the border. Um, so there's a there's a lot of drivers to pick for in the Xfinity series too. Yep, yep. So they'll be running on Saturdays mostly. So we'll have to watch and see how see what happens there, buddy. For sure. Uh, let's transition into the Cup Series. You can go ahead with your drivers. Okay, I got sixteen this time, buddy, and I counted them out. And I got it correct <laughs> this time. I I can count the sixteen. So, all right, my top sixteen is Ross Chastain, Austin Cindric, Kevin Harvick on his last year, Kyle Larson. And Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, and then I got Chase Briscoe, Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, and we'll take last year's champion, Joey Logano, uh, William Byron. Um, how about Eric Jones? I think that just might be enough for him to sneak in a victory and get in there. Um, Tyler Reddick, you got to use him. And oh boy, talk about flip a coin on this last one. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Ty Gibbs. I think he's got just enough, uh, uh, just enough talent to, to sneak in and get in the top sixteen. My final four, I'm gonna take Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and Joey Logano. And we roll the dice, and we're gonna say Denny Hamlin's finally gonna turn the corner, and he's gonna finally. Win the race, win with FedEx. Finally, and, uh, gonna do it. He's due. How many times has it come around? He's one of these years. He's got to pop one off here. So, yep, I'm, I'm going to say Denny Hamlin wins the championship. I like it. He's finally going to get it done. He has had his fair share of chances for sure. So, um, I like your picks. We'll see uh, how that final four shakes out. Uh, I differ a little bit from you. I have Ross Chastain, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Chase Briscoe, A.J. Allmendinger. I think uh, he'll get one at the road course and get himself in. Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, William Byron, Tyler Reddick, Alex Bowman, and Daniel Suarez. My final four is Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, and Joey Logano. 
and I have Christopher Bell winning his first cup championship. So we're both picking Gibbs cars. So, yep, okay. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Christopher Bell, well, yeah, speaking of Christopher Bell, um, did you hear that uh, Joe Gibbs Racing just apps or Joe Gibbs himself, excuse me, just hates dirt racing, and that's why Christopher Bell wasn't doing much of it, didn't go to the Chili Bowl, and that with um, Coy passing away, unfortunately, Coy was the one who kind of went to bat for Christopher Bell and, and said, I think it's good for him to do this, but uh, Joe just absolutely hates it. So there's been some rumors that maybe Christopher Bell will work his way out of Joe Gibbs Racing. Obviously a rumor, but interesting comments from Christopher Bell just the other day. Well, especially if, you know, I don't, wow, that that's kind of strange. You know, I'm sure he'd like to run just as much as Larson does, you know, and, um, you know, yeah, some owners are sticklers, man. They don't want them guys playing around in the lower leagues. So, so okay, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought of Sindrick. You have him in there. I didn't have him last year, and that burned me. Uh, I thought about Austin Dillon with how he looked at the uh, Coliseum and with Kyle Busch being his teammate, and Austin Dillon made it in last year. He's always around the cut line. I thought about the Roush, uh, Fenway Kozlowski drivers, Brad and, and Busher. Uh, just couldn't put him in just yet. Uh, Bubba Wallace, he could have a good season if he runs um, like he did at the Coliseum. That was impressive. Uh, Gregson, I thought of Jones. You have him in there, and Ty Gibbs, you have him too. So, man, the Cup Series just seems stacked. You could see any one of those making their way in. I want to see what Ryan Priest does in that 41 cartel. That too, yeah, for sure. That one there, just like, let's see what he's got. You know, so. There's another one, yeah. Priest Lightning, they called him last week. I got a giggle out of that, but that's what they call him out of East when he runs the mods out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I laughed at that one, too. <laughs> that was good. But, uh, yeah, well, uh, looking forward to Daytona, man. The duels are just in a couple days. Uh, you know, qualifying is, is just around the corner as well. Who do you think will win the, the poll for the Daytona 500? Let's do the front row. Who, who's on the front row for the Daytona 500? All right, we'll just come right straight up and say uh, um, two Hendrick cars. How's that? And I'll, I'll say Bowman because he's been on the front row five years in a row. So let's just put Bowman out there and, ah, what the hell, might as well say Byron too. So 24-48, how's that? I'm going to go um, Bowman as well, his streak continues of being on the front row for the Daytona 500. I'm going to put Larson as the second one, Larson and, and Bowman there. So um, we both have the 200 cars up there though. That seems to be a, a good bet. Most of the time. That seems like lately once when they run Daytona like that for qualifying, it just seems like Hendrick is always the one that he's the one to beat these uh, last few years. So. Yep. <clears throat> Well, um, this will be our last podcast before Daytona. We're not going to do our Daytona picks. Mark would gladly do it. I will say it is my fault. I like to watch the duels before making a Daytona 500 pick. So we're going to do that off the air. We'll talk about it um, the Wednesday after the Daytona 500. So that would be uh, February 22nd. We'll meet up again, recap Daytona and look forward to Auto Club. So um, 
Boy, it was great to hear from Ty Majeski again. Great to talk racing. Great to see the clash uh, a week and a half ago. And uh, great to get back into the swing of things with this uh, podcast here, Mark. Yeah, but I've been doing naturally. I'm doing that 15-day forecast, you know, trying to trying to figure out the weather down there. And, oh, the first time I looked and I saw 60% Saturday, Sunday, and just like, oh, I got depressed real quick, you know, but... You know, they can't predict past four days, but what I saw today of what I've, um, what the really supermodels look like, and it's looking like the weekend could be rather nice down in Daytona, so I'm optimistic about that. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, we're going to race and practice, I think, starts Tuesday. I know for Wednesday that's qualifying, but uh, I don't know if they're on the track Tuesday. I haven't looked that far ahead yet, so, so are you ready? I'm ready. Well, uh, let's end it there. We'll uh, talk to you next Wednesday then. Thanks, everyone. Um, you know, we did the thing on Saturday with Satorius. Um, if any teams are looking out to do anything, let us know. We'll gladly come out and talk racing with you. You're, if you have an announcement for a new driver or team and or you just want to talk your season coming up, let us know, and we'll go from there. But uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks again, Mark. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you soon. It's racing, baby. All right, we'll see you later, man. See ya. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.